0: First Peter chapter four. Boy, uh, as my as my dad was leading that prayer there and just sharing that that piece about how we left here, we kind of left here last Sunday, pretty pretty rocked by just our the, the situation and the 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 loss in our community, and and we went home and and literally. Went from, from, went from bad to worse in, the, in the, just the reality of what our community faced uh, with just that wildfire that, that ripped through our area. Um, I remember stating last week that life has a way of hitting us with things sometimes unexpected that have a way of scraping everything else that kind of seemed to matter off to the side. Uh, hopefully, you recall that a little bit. Uh, you know, when you when you endure great hardships, when you endure difficult situations, uh, it has a way of galvanizing a community. It has a way of galvanizing a nation. It has a way of of uh, of making us realize how we clamor and we strive and we war so often, so much over things that are quite petty, things that really don't matter all that much uh, compared to when we see our community or loved ones uh, just a threat on their very life. In today's passage, uh, I want to I go ahead and read the passage as we start here. But I want to just remind you that last week the title of the message uh, was Jesus Christ changes everything has he changed you? and this week I' have uh, given the title for 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 I've titled this week's message Living the Change okay living that living the change so if Jesus Christ changes everything and we come to the Lord. And we come to this place and we allow that change to take place in our lives. So indeed, we've answered the question, has he changed me? And you say, amen, yes, he has and is and will change me. You know, we often speak about the fact that that at the moment of salvation, at the moment that we have Christ fill our hearts, You know, we we heard the word last week, if you sanctify your hearts, if you give your heart only to Christ, give that residence only to Christ, all these things would follow, if. And so, of course, the great question, if you have given your life to Christ, if you have accepted the free gift of eternal life, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you have believed that which the word of God calls the good news, it's where we get the word the gospel from. If you have understood that gospel, that good news, it changes everything. 1 Peter 4, 1-11. Let me read the passage. I'm reading out of the New King James Version uh, 4, verses 1-11. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Let me reread that little portion. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Amen. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, Lord, I I pray that uh, you will give each person that is here a clear understanding of the simple yet profound encouragement that Peter does give in this passage. I pray that, Lord, you would equip, enable each of us to make the choice to join the battle that we have been called to be a part of. Lord, help us to live the change, a change that takes us from glorifying our own lives and glorifying our own name to the ultimate life, to glorify the name of Jesus Christ forever, starting today. Lord, we pray this in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Living the change. Can I ask you to flip a few books back to the book of Philippians? Philippians chapter 2. Anytime you're dealing with the uh, therefore that that Peter opens up with here in 1 Peter 4, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind, that that term the same mind. Have this mind, a similar mind. You've you, you got to run to Philippians chapter 2. Look at Philippians 2, 1 to 5. Therefore, another the other, therefore, therefore, if There is any consolation in Christ. If any comfort, you're looking for consolation, you're looking for comfort, find it in Christ. There's a lot of things on this planet that offer you consolation and comfort. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy, Paul said, by being like-minded being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. And then finally, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The encouragement, the, 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 really the, the primary point of this particular passage, passage that I'd like to present to you this morning is that, that Paul and Peter and all those who followed Christ are going to have this message quick on their lips. They understood it. That they are being called to be full followers Uh, again in a previous message I mentioned the term all in several chapters or several messages back there was there was in in chapters one and two there was this this encouragement this call to, to to make your choice settle not settle as in just like yeah okay whatever but settle settle on the hope of Christ Quit bouncing constantly between the two. I believe that a lot of you are probably a lot like me. You need to be reminded of that every day. Stop looking down different aisles. Stop looking, stop surfing the internet, looking for other options. Stop bouncing around. You wanna bounce around? That's in your heart, fine. But start with Christ. Start with Christ. You want to look at other options, other paths, other gods. Feel free. I'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you stick with the genuine, stick with the truth. But I know there's people and there's mindsets that are out there that say, I just gonna, I want to look, I want to look. Well, you go ahead and look. You question. But then you find yourself back in the arms of truth the arms of God Almighty who has presented his word to us that we shouldn't have to sit back and guess. Firm Foundations in Christ gives us this call constantly. He says, we do not serve some God. We do not acknowledge some God that that, that said, all right, I'm going to create everything. Now, good luck. Find me. Figure it out. Figure me out. We serve a God who has communicated Who he is and what he expects fully and completely. Again, not to be left to a guessing game. Not to figure it out based on our own logic or our own hard work and determination. Believe. Believe what I have said to you. Trust me. That's the word. As we live the change, we are, we, are, we are called here in this passage to live armed for battle. The battle really is one that I believe speaks in the first six verses here of my will versus Christ's will. There's that battle that is just a very simple uh, point that, that Peter presents to us here. My will or, or Christ's will. But, but we really start out with Peter just telling us we are followers of Jesus Christ. Peter's reminding us to keep our eyes on Christ. Walk as he walked. And of course in a very prominent theme throughout this epistle. If you were to go all the way back to the very first message that I preached as I opened up 1 Peter. I, I, I would have said to you this. This was a group of people that Peter starts out with chapter 1 verse 1 and he says pilgrims you are pilgrims and sojourners you are you have been called to a new life following Christ but there's this constant message and we're going to bump into it again next time I preach which might be a a little bit of a gap. But next time I preach, we'll bump into this topic once again. Don't consider it strange and odd when you're suffering. This theme of suffering is a constant. This theme of suffering, I've touched on it numerous times. We've touched on the fact that some suffering we bring on ourselves. We've talked about it in in the light of dealing with governors and presidents and law. We've dealt with it with dealing with a boss, a supervisor, a parent. They're suffering for being a fool. They're suffering for being a fool in your actions, for for going up to your boss and just you know saying, "Hey, good morning," and slapping him in the face. There's that kind of suffering. Yeah, you, know, you might not have your job here very long. You know, it's like bad move. You know, it's like there's certain things you just shouldn't do, shouldn't say. There's, there's suffering and you can't walk away from it, Peter tells us time and time again. We cannot fall into this camp. And, and trust me, we as believers can do this. Everything I suffer, everything I go through, it's a woe is me. I'm bearing the burden. I'm bearing the cross of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am suffering. My car broke down. Pray the demons away because my car is broke down and I'm suffering mightily because the devil's after me. Have you changed the oil? What do you mean, change the oil? I'm a believer. I believe in eternal life. All things are new. I just wake up every morning and just pray a little blessing over my car. 100,000 miles, never an oil change. The oil sits in there like jello. And I mean, it's just like, no, no, it can't, it can't happen. But we fall, we slide. I mean, obviously that's a ridiculous example, but the point is this, we do this and we got to be cautious of this tendency in us. We're always, it's why we got to have brothers and sisters around us. It's why Christ spoke of the speck versus the plank. Remember that comment and that story. We're not good at recognizing issues in myself. That's why me as a Christian, would you live here for a year? You know, we've all seen those dumb things. Some of us have. Some of you are blessed with not. Would you? All, would you live here for a year? They show this amazing cabin up in the mountains, right? Would you live here for a year? No internet connections, and they show this amazing paradise up in the mountains. It's like, yeah, I'll live there for nothing. You know, I'll pay you to live there. It's like you know, we 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 all do this reality that we're we're walking through life, and we're and we're just not sometimes. Lining ourselves up with the word of God consistently enough to keep our heads straight. But if I'm up there all by myself. Don't be surprised when I start getting a little delusional. I start getting a little off. I start getting a little one track minded. I start just kind of losing touch with reality because I'm no longer connected to the body of Christ. I no longer have a brother or a sister in Christ that loves me enough to say, you're acting like a fool. You've got to have brothers and sisters in Christ who are able to tell you hard things. Amen? That's why you're here, I hope. That's why we're here. It's not easy stuff. Body life is not easy life. We need Christ. We need the Spirit of God dwelling in us to overflow out of us as we do this life with one another. But it's a part of the call. It's, it's the, And we're going to be there in a moment. It's the one and others that dominate so much of the gospel, so much of the words of Christ. Love one another, one another, one another. And then we sometimes have a tendency to not want anybody else. I, I'm not going to deal with the others. We got to got to keep ourselves from that pitfall. First John two six says this: He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. Again, I opened the I opened our our message here this morning by looking at looking at Philippians, having this mind in us, walk as he walked, look like your Savior more and more. Start looking and acting like the one that you're with all the time. Just like two buddies kind of start talking like each other, laughing about the same stuff, carrying on, couple of girlfriends, you know, whatever it is. You know, I I gave the example a few weeks back, a married couple that's been married for 40 years and you can't hardly tell them apart anymore. You know, it's just you've spent so much time together. you You are becoming like one another. Well, let us strive towards Christ and be like our Savior. Be like our Savior as we walk just as He walked, John put it. And recall too, chapter 2, verse 11. I know I have echoed this verse almost every week, but it just, I can't let it go. Beloved, I beg you. That's a powerful word that Peter gives. I beg you. As sojourners and pilgrims, abstain, stay away from fleshly lusts. I had to bring us back there because that is a par for the course with exactly what Peter speaks of here in these first six verses. Abstain, I'm begging you, stay away from it. Suffer, even if you, you know, however you want to look at that initial aspect of suffering and again he he has laid this pattern for us in chapter 3 he went heavily into the fact that Christ suffered and it was a purposeful and God willed suffering that he endured and why did he do all this? for us his path to victory his path to you came through suffering without Christ suffering he doesn't get you That's a hard truth, but it's truth. Without his suffering, he does not get you. What is on the other side of righteous suffering that you are being kept from? I'll ask you again. What is on the other side of righteous suffering that you are being kept from that is God's will for your life? It might be the door that unlocks your entire family. It might be something that becomes an absolute heritage for your family for generations to come. You look at your children. You love your kid. You love your daughter. You love your son. Do you love them enough to suffer? Do you love them enough to abstain? Do you love them enough to say no to your flesh? I've said this many times from this pulpit. It's one of the things that grieves me sometimes with certain folks when I watch them come in and they want to dedicate their child and they want to to do these things. They want to come up, dedicate my child to the Lord, and then they quickly walk away from the church. You're going to dedicate your child to the Lord like it's some one-hit wonder and then walk away from the church and wonder why your kids are a mess. Because they're just like you. Do you love your boys? Do you love your girls? And do business today. This passage in 1 Peter says enough. Enough. Draw a line. You don't like the way, maybe you're on the flip side. You don't like the way your dad was for you. Your mother was for you. They weren't there. You have suffered trauma. You have suffered hardship because people were not there in your life. Don't repeat it. Say enough. And it's not just a matter of saying it. You got to do it. You got to live it. You got to abide in it. You got to be woven into the word of God. Woven. Knit together like a husband and a wife. You become one flesh. And it says when you become one flesh, you are truly one in the eyes of the Lord. So that when you are separated, it's like the ripping of flesh. Do I have a volunteer that would like to come up and we'll have as many people as we can rip one of your arms off today in front of the church? Let's see how that feels. Let's see the, uh, the, the outcome that comes as a result of that. Let's see how bad it could be. And that's just an arm. That ain't nothing. There's people all over without an arm. It tears the flesh. It destroys you. Boy, do we need the healing of God in our midst. Boy, do I need the healing of God in my midst every single day. I sometimes feel like I'm beating you up. I really do. But I got to tell you, again, I know I'm, I'm drumming the same drum. If I'm beating you up, it's because I got to beat myself up sometimes. I just gotta hit myself again and again and again because the battle is daily. But the battle is real. Join the battle. I brought a little prop here. This is my handy dandy backpack. You know, and, and and the simple it's just a simple analogy. You know, if 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 Christ has said follow me. And, you know, I start looking around and figuring out, what am I going to put in this backpack? Some of us have done this. Did any of you pack some things up when that fire started ripping through? I don't want to do, I don't want to do a share time right now, but I, but I want to ask you to just consider this. What goes in the backpack? What do you put in there? There's times in history where we read often. There's times in our lives and in our own experiences. You know what I found? The older I get, the more plugged into God's word that I get, the smaller the backpack can get. It's true. What used to, what used to require the biggest U-Haul trailer they had or truck, all of a sudden, it's it's heading, it's heading to a backpack. You might even see me with a fanny pack in a couple years. <laughs>
1: I've
2: seen you with a fanny pack I still love you brother
0: but I'm praying for you I mean it it gets less and less some pictures my bible what's gonna what, what do I need what really needs to be there? We're going to battle. What are we going to, what are we going to, what do we need to go into battle with? Can you imagine being called to a real battle? Some of you have been there as warriors. Some of you have been there as soldiers. You're called to battle and you're and you're grabbing a 50 pound air mattress. You're talking about how difficult it is. You, you know, I don't sleep that good if I don't have a nice firm, you know, air mattress. You know, you got to, pump in there with 18d batteries for your fans and can you imagine your commander looking at you are you an idiot what are you thinking you 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 boil that down that's why they eat terribly you know i've shared with you before you know it's like when i go hunting you know sometimes my hunting food my survival food it's beef jerky i'm eating it 10 minutes into my hunting trip it's delicious it's like, you know, I was like halfway and barely away from my truck. And I'm like, hey, let's have some beef jerky and a Gatorade. <laughs> it's like, because it's delicious. And I don't want to wait for it. You know, I'm convincing myself, oh, you'll be stronger for it. Yeah, that's right. I'm going feed to the, feed the body. Yeah, I'm just eating snacks. You know, it's like, you know, the old boy that said, take dog food. Try dog food. You can survive off of it, but you won't be too tempted to eat it early. Right? Makes sense. Makes sense, but it sounds disgusting. But we're living for a battle. And that's, that's the word. Look at what he says. Arm yourselves also of the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Remember, that is the goal and the objective. Sin used to own you, Peter is saying. Peter could wholeheartedly say Testify, sin used to own me, but I have been redeemed. I have been set free. Paul says it this way in, in Romans. He says, what, I used to be a slave to sin, but now I'm a slave to righteousness. But we're all slaves to something. What are you a slave to? We're all slaves to something. What are you a slave to? I'm not a slave to anything. We want to say, pound my chest. I'm my own man. No, if you're your own man, you're a slave to sin. The Bible says, if you're an own man, your own man, you're feeding your old man. You're feeding the flesh, In the flesh, we're told, that sin, we're told, leads to death. But Christ has come that you might be a slave to righteousness. And while it might not sound super nice to you, being a slave to righteousness, we're told, leads to something even better. To life and glory. Life and glory. Are you ready to make that trade? Are you ready to make that change? I've had enough. The devil has taken enough ground. Some of you may remember Amos. I preached out of Amos a while back. Amos used references like this The locusts have devoured enough. Remember? Some of you, the locusts have devoured our fields. They've taken it all. And it's enough. Give God back your fields, give God back your family. Quit hanging on to it and making a mess of it and then being surprised about it. Quit doing it your way. Christ proves to us that suffering can be this path to life. We need to make this choice all the more. Sin leads to death. Righteousness leads to life. Look at verse 4 what it says. For we have spent enough time, verse 3 first, for we have spent enough time of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Guys, the we're most all of us are Gentiles. Remember, the will of the Gentiles is just Peter's way of saying the, the former way of life. It's just the way of the flesh. It's the way of of death. The world's way. And we stand here today, hopefully, all of us here today as Gentiles who have become the sons and daughters of the Most High. Chosen by God by the mercy and the great mystery of His grace. But we've spent enough time with that. And then he describes it in verse 4. He, say, he goes on to say, well first he says, lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, abominable abominable idolatries. Verse 4, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. Where do your, where do your steps take you? How, wh- wh- where are you running? Who are you running with? Where are you running and who are you running with? A couple weeks ago, I, I, I shared a, a por- portion of a skit you know, where, where we run, we go places and we want God running alongside of us. We're walking and abiding with him. But we find ourselves in these places where we take Christ and we tell Christ, you stay here. And with our selfish choices and our decision that we want to feed our flesh all oh, just for a day. Oh, it's always just this one time, right? Just this last time. Like a rabid dog on your front porch that won't shut up and let you sleep your flesh barks and it barks and it barks and it says feed me feed me and i'll let you rest oh it promises rest but it'll be right back the next day it's going to be right back the next day bolder bigger and more violent than ever asking for just a bit more Your flesh will not let go until it owns your life. Peter says, it's had enough. It's had enough. As he transitions here in verses 4 through 6, he starts talking about they. And I just want to speak about they. They, in this passage, is speaking about those that are outside of Christ. He's, he's referencing it in a way of your former life. It's how you used to be. It's those people that you used to be with, that you used to run with. They will think it's strange. They may get on your case. They may judge you or come after you or cut you off from their life. They won't get it. They think it's strange that you don't do all the stuff you used to do and, then, and, and live the life you used to live. Well, verse 5 tells us this they will give an account, not to you, but to Him. They will give an account to Christ, who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. Judgment awaits turn to Revelation chapter 20 Revelation chapter 20 I wasn't sure whether or not I was going to go here but I, I feel it necessary we have to be we have to be made alert and prepared for this reality that is facing, Many people in our lives. Judgment awaits. Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 says this. It says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, him, that is Christ, who sat on that great white throne. Please hear this as it speaks about judgment. I saw him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will live forever. Heaven and earth fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. Do you remember the word? They will give an account. They will give an account. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. That's the one we want to be in. was cast into the lake of fire. It's serious, people. This is serious business, not only for my life, but for the urgency of what we are about. Why do we need to understand that there is a battle going on? Because there is a battle that is waging for your soul. Judgment awaits They, they will give an account. Those outside of Christ will give an account for everything they have said and done. All their words and all of their actions. If you stand here today, if you sit here today, and you are outside the body of Jesus Christ, outside the faith of Jesus Christ, you will give an account For every sin, every attitude, everything you say and do that is evil and wicked, you will give an account for it. You will be laid bare before God Almighty, and you will experience not just the first death, but the second death. Woe to those. Wake up, church. Wake up, me, You, all of us, this is what is on the line. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. The, the, the word you guys hear is the fact that reminds us even something Peter has said earlier in this epistle. In, remember in 1 Peter 1.24, he said, All flesh is as grass. When you live a life that is just feeding your flesh all the time, when you stand outside of the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, your flesh is the least of your worries. Because your flesh and your soul will be condemned. And Christ stands prepared for this reason the gospel was preached. To deliver us, to deliver us from that condemnation and that judgment. There's going to be a time here soon, and I know I need, to, I need to do this. There's going to be a time here soon where I'm going to share, and I'm going to preach a lot more about the great, not the great white throne judgment, but about the Bema Seat, the judgment that we will, we as believers will sit under. I think that's something that we, I know, I know we've spoken of it from the pulpit here before, but that's something that I think that a lot of us also fall far short of understanding. That God's word is clear, that as believers, we will give an account. We will give an account of how we live our life to the Lord. We can suffer loss, not damnation of our soul, not the second death, but we can suffer loss. We can take away from things that were prepared in advance for us to do, to walk in, to live, to be a blessing. But we'll have to hang on to that for today. So the final section of this passage gets into really the encouragement that we face because the end is near. Peter writes this, obviously it's been quite a few years since he wrote this, and here's what he wrote to them, the end is near. There is is a, a preaching and there is a messaging in the word of God which is understood as the imminent return of Christ. We sit today awaiting the imminent return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As he is gone, so he will return. We are awaiting the rapture of the church, and we are awaiting the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember the rapture of the church is Christ is in the air and we are caught up to him. The second coming of Christ is Christ stepping foot back on earth once again. To fulfill the final directives of the word of God. But the end of all things is at hand we're told in verse 7. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. We've come across that word prayer once again. It's be serious and watchful. Be sober-minded. Clear thinking. Approach life. Again, back to, the, back to the battle scenario. You're not taking a field trip to the museum today here. You're, going, you're walking into battle. Be alert. Be sober-minded. We're on a battlefield. We're we're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're those people that you're seeing, some of you are seeing on the news that are in the midst of Afghanistan right now. And they're saying, hey, get to the airport. We'll get you out once you get there. And, and, And what do you think life is like for somebody that's going to try to go from point A to point B? They're going to be serious and they're going to be watchful, are they not? They're going to be looking for every sign, every every little hint that trouble may be around the corner. Trusting no one. The person that comes along and says, oh, let me help you out. Where are you trying to get to? I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. Oh, you are? Well, here, let's go. And they take you right to your death. Be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be prayerful, mindful, and then he says there's a, there's a slew of one another's. Where I'm going to run through here pretty quickly. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. He says for love covers a multitude of sins. Let me speak really practically about love covering a multitude of sins. You know how when you really love somebody? You know, if I go up and slap my boss, I've already given that analogy. Not that I'm thinking about it, you guys. But anyway, sometimes, No. But, you know, when when I slap my boss and then I suffer as a result of it, there's there's something that that happens there that's logical and and, and makes sense. You know, if you have a baby, and your baby, you know, is playing, and all of a sudden your baby slaps you in the face, and you're a mother or you're a loving father, do you immediately get raging mad at that baby? I would hope not. If you do, see me after church.
1: <laughs>
0: we need to talk. You love the baby. You understand. You, and it's that way. You, we're going to hurt each other. That's it. We're, we're, we're battling. We're in a war. And we're battling. And we're battling against our own flesh. And so I'm going to disappoint you. You're going to probably disappoint me. We're going to disappoint one another. But love. Love one another. Be quick to forgive the way a, a parent wants to forgive the child because the child hopes the parent hopes for more for the child. Doesn't mean there's not difficult conversations. It doesn't even mean that there's not perhaps discipline but you're going to stay the course with them because you love them. That's the prayer we have to be having for one another. In your prayers, fervently love one another. Stay plugged in. Show hospitality without complaining. Dang it, that's my favorite part. No, show hospitality without complaining. He says... We have, and then, and, then, and then really look at verse 10. I got one other prop. It's my prop, down. You know what this is? This is, this is a manifold. You know, in verse 10 here, take a look. Take a look. In verse 10, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Do you know how much grace that God wants to pour out on you in your life? Do you want grace? Do you want blessings? The manifold grace of God. He's not going to give you the main line. This is us. Sitting underneath there, you know, t- look at it like a water manifold. Look at it, you know, I mean, it's like the, the grace is coming to the body. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the grace is coming. Power, mercy, blessing. It's coming to the body. And here's me. And here's Bob. And here's Carolyn. And there, and there, and there, there we are experiencing the manifold grace of our Lord and Savior. And what am I told to do with that gift that I've given, that grace that I'm given, be a good steward of it and go and tell all those other folks about it because what I'm getting is unique to me. That's my God. He's given us, look at Romans 12. He's gifted us in different ways. Some of you can get up and teach Probably better than me. Be be prepared to teach. Some of you are prepared to show mercy like I cannot ever do. Give mercy. Some of you are able to give financially towards the needs of others in this body like some of us cannot or won't. Give generously. Be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then the final verse, if anyone speaks, if you do speak, why should you pray for me? Because I talk a lot, as you know. If you do speak, it says, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, and we're all to be ministers, are we not? If you minister, which is just another word for serve, serve. When you minister and you serve, when you speak, let it be as the oracles of God or but the ability that God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Stick. Stay plugged in. More, now more than ever. If things get nasty and and ugly around here and there is that possibility, the end is near. It's going to get nasty and ugly. But stick with each other. Stay plugged in. Pray for one another. Hold each other accountable. Hold me accountable. Be a student of the word of God so you can recognize error and you can challenge those who get up and actually teach. And serve and love one another we have a multitude of stuff that needs to be covered and forgiven so we can all press on and we can all in one voice say glory and honor belong to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of my faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to, to stand hand in hand, side by side with brothers and sisters in Christ, that, Lord, you want to bless my life through a sister or a brother in Christ. You want to equip and enable me to live the battle of life, the battle of warring against my flesh. You're going to strengthen and enable me through the, through, the, through the fellowship of the one another, even as we constantly remind each other to look up, to look up, make sure we're still heading towards the the finish line. Lord, we thank you for the honor it is to be called to this great life. Lord, we want to live. We've spent enough time playing with stuff that leads to death. Lord, help us to live and shout life, life to a world that devours us in death. Lord, we thank you for your son. In Christ's name I pray, amen.
1: No.
2: of and that we would just turn to you pray for growth for this body that we would start to serve this body within our own gifting that it would tie us back to here to you Father we, we hear constantly from from our brothers that we just need to be plugged into your word because your word is living and breathing. So Father, I would challenge our body today, this morning, who of us have heeded that word to dive into your word daily and more. And if our answer is no, Father, I pray that we would leave here today challenged. Because you are calling us and you are knocking at the door of our heart to seek you. To be drawn back to our Creator and our Father and our soon-coming King. Thank you again for today. The blessing of it.